Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton no one could say well i didn't see this coming i can't believe god would do this well god warned them in his word ahead of time that this is what will happen anyone at any point could look at the word of god look at God's commandments and then look at the nation and what was going on in the nation and realize we are heading for big trouble as a nation if we don't repent. Israel was a unique country in that the God of the universe had chosen them as his special people. He gave them dietary and other rules that made them different from all the countries around them. He gave them victories over the stronger nations and made them feared by others. But as you'll hear in Pastor Dan's teaching today, God also gave them strong warnings to stay true to him. And as they drifted further from him, he sent prophets like Micah to try to get them to change their direction. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Micah chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. get into our study, I want to encourage you to go back on our website or on our app and listen to Ezekiel 38 and 39. I know many of you have already listened to it. Some of you have brought it up with me. Just in light of what's going on right now with Russia and the Ukraine and the aggression of Russia, Ezekiel 38, for those of you that don't know, well, actually, Ezekiel 37 Uh, describes the Valley of Dry Bones and the rebirth of the nation of Israel, which we have seen fulfilled in our lifetime. Uh, And then Ezekiel 38 describes an invasion of Israel that is led by Russia and some other countries, including Persia. And so I think it's timely as we see the way that things are going with Russia, just to understand all of Bible prophecy really focuses on Israel And how does it connect to Israel? Well, Ezekiel 38 gives you how it connects to Israel and possibly how it's connecting to what is happening currently with Russia and with, you know, many nations around the world that are condemning what they're doing, but they're not getting involved in it, which is what's going to happen with the invasion of Israel. It's described in Ezekiel 38. And just to give you some insight, Russia declared that Israel has no right to the Golan Heights. So something like that can be the hook in the jaw that brings Russia into Israel. I just saw that there is a church in the old city of Jerusalem that belongs to, is the property of Russia, but a judge just ruled yesterday that technically it's not. And so it's been taken back by the court system of Israel. 
So even something like that can spark uh, conflict between Russia and Israel over this church. Those of you that went on our trip last time to Israel, if you remember when we were in the old city, we went into that church that had the eye of the camel in it, the wall inside the church. If anybody remembers that, probably not. But it's a church there in the old city. It has an example of the eye of the needle in the wall. That's the church that's in dispute now that a judge in Israel has said it actually doesn't belong to Russia. It belongs to Israel. That needs to be decided. So anyways, there's just conflict going on. I would just suggest you go back, listen to Ezekiel 38 and 39 to see what should you be looking for as far as Bible prophecy goes. We're going to be starting the book of Micah as we're going on a journey through the Old Testament. So if you want to turn to Micah chapter 1, Micah chapter 1, somebody's happy we're starting a new book tonight. All right. Your name wouldn't happen to be Micah, would it be? Micah chapter 1. We're also going to reference James chapter 4, if you want to go ahead and find that in the New Testament, so you can turn there quickly when the time comes. Micah chapter 1, James chapter 4. As most of you know, if we're going straight through the Old Testament, and we've made our way to Micah chapter 1, and let me pray for us before we get into the word. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for just the peace and the comfort that your word brings to us. Lord, we pray and ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. And Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. We thank you for the minor prophets and how much they have spoken to us and how much they speak into our current day. Lord, we just pray that your spirit would be our teacher. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, just as a reminder... After King Solomon died, the nation of Israel fell into civil war. The nation was divided into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom that was called Israel and the southern kingdom was called Judah. Micah was a prophet who was unique among the prophets in that his message was addressed to both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So he's speaking to both kingdoms here. And the name Micah, it means who is the Lord or who is like the Lord, who is like the Lord. And Micah is a shortened form of the name Micaiah. Micah was a contemporary of the prophets Hosea, Amos and Isaiah. So God has many at this point. It's really in the final years of the northern kingdom. It's drawing to the end of the southern kingdom as well. And God has a lot of prophets Now, he's putting in everything to try to turn the nation back to him. So you've got Micah, you've got Hosea, you've got Amos, you've got Isaiah, all about the same time, contemporaries ministering, proclaiming the word of God. It's interesting to consider that Isaiah and Micah were contemporaries because Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 714 that the Messiah will be born of a virgin. Micah tells us in Micah 52 that he will be born in Bethlehem. And so at the same time, essentially, in the nation, you have these two prophets who give these two remarkable prophecies about Jesus Christ, about his birth to a virgin, and that he will be born in Bethlehem. The same time in Israel's history. Jesus quoted Micah in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 35 and 36. 
where he says, For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Jesus quoted that from Micah chapter 7, verse 6. Now Micah speaks to both kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, about the judgment that will come upon those kingdoms. Now, I want you to go back with me just in your mind. You don't have to turn there. But before God brought the children of Israel into the promised land, way back in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, God very clearly declared and explained that if the nation of Israel obeyed him and obeyed his commandments, that he would bless the nation and that he would prosper the nation. But he also warned in Deuteronomy 28 that if they turn from God's commandments, God would remove the blessing and God would remove the people from the land. So way before he even brought them into the land, he warned them that if they turn from him, he'll remove them from the land. So when judgment comes upon the nation and Israel and Judah are conquered and removed from the land and carried off as captives, it's not really a surprise. It's not out of the blue. No one could say, well, I didn't see this coming. I can't believe God would do this. Well, God warned them in his word ahead of time that this is what will happen. Anyone at any point could look at the word of God, look at God's commandments, and then look at the nation and what was going on in the nation and realize we are heading for big trouble as a nation if we don't repent. And that's not just true for Israel, that's true for all nations, generally speaking. In Psalm 33, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Psalm 9, verse 17 says, All nations that forget God will be turned into hell. And so those promises are to every nation. The nation whose God is the Lord will be blessed, and the nation who just forgets God, that nation will be turned into hell. And God is always faithful to his word. He always keeps his word. Now, the book of Micah can be outlined into three sections. If you're taking notes, the first section would be chapters one and two. The second section would be chapters three to five. And the third section would be chapters six and seven. And each section begins with the word here. And so the book of Micah is really three separate messages the Lord gave to the prophet Micah to deliver to the nation of Israel, both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And each message begins with the word here, as you see in verse two, hear all you peoples. So verse one says the word of the Lord that came to Micah of Moresheth in the days of Jotham. Ahaz and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. We're told here in verse one, a lot of information about Micah and the time of his ministry. We're told that Micah was from the town of Moresheth, 
which was in the foothills of Judah, or the Shephelah that bordered the Philistine territory, the foothills of Judah. So that tells us Micah is, you know, he's a country boy, much like Amos was a country boy. He's not a city slicker. And we're told that his ministry was during the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, the kings of Judah. That's the southern kingdom. It doesn't give us a reference point for the northern kingdom here. Because the northern kingdom is completely apostate. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Just the southern kingdom. He's ministering during the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Now, that's an important detail. I know often when you read the Bible, you read something like that and you blow right by it. But that's an important detail that helps us understand what was going on in the nation at this time, especially as the nation is in its final days as a nation. Uh, In 2 Kings, we're told that Jotham was a good king and that he honored God. But Ahaz, the next king after him, was a really bad king. Ahaz was a horrible king. I mean, just terrible. Second Chronicles chapter 28, verse 24, tells us that Ahaz closed the temple in Jerusalem. He shut it down. No more worshiping Yahweh. No more going to the temple. He closed down the worship of Yahweh, and he set up pagan altars all over Jerusalem. So under Ahaz, when he was ruling as king, idolatry exploded in Judah Child sacrifice exploded in Judah under Ahaz's administration. We're also told that Ahaz even entered into an alliance with Assyria and sent payments to Assyria. If you're taking notes, you can write, are you kidding me? Assyria? You mean the Assyria that's going to come and conquer the northern kingdom? Yes, that Assyria. He is entered into an alliance with an enemy country, and he's paying money to a country that hates him and wants to destroy him. Can you imagine a leader of a country? Well, then after Ahaz was Hezekiah, and Hezekiah was another good king. And Hezekiah reversed a lot of the bad policies put in place by Ahaz. He brought reform to the nation and a revival to the nation. Hezekiah removed the pagan altars and idolatry from the land. He restored the temple and brought God back to the center of the nation. For a period of time, after Hezekiah passes off the scene, the nation returns back to idolatry. But while Hezekiah is there... There's like this little period of reform and this little period 
of revival in the nation. And the reason Hezekiah turned back to the Lord is because he listened to the prophets. Like Micah and Isaiah. Uh, If you're taking notes, you can jot down Jeremiah chapter 26, verses 18 and 19. It says, Micah of Moresheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah, and he spoke to all the people of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed like a field. Jerusalem shall become heaps of ruins and the mountain of the temple like the bare hills of the forest. So that was the prophecy. This is what God's going to do. And Hezekiah, we're told, in response, feared the Lord and sought the Lord's favor. And then it says, because Hezekiah responded that way, it says, and the Lord relented concerning the doom which he had pronounced against them. And so Hezekiah listened to the prophets. He listened to the men of God. He realized the nation was going the wrong direction, that they were headed for big trouble. And he removed all of the idolatry, outlawed all of the wickedness. He turned the nation back to God. He implemented godly reform in the nation. And listen to me, that caused God to withhold his judgment. It says God relented concerning the doom he had pronounced against them. In Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 18, the Lord says, If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. If a nation turns back to God, if a nation turns from its wickedness and its ungodly policies and turns back to God, it delays God's judgment. At least for that period of time. And that's why, one of the reasons why, it is important for us to elect leaders that will vote for laws and policies that most closely align with God's word. And not leaders who will vote for laws and policies that flagrantly contradict God's word. Because it will bring the mercy of God upon a nation. It delays God's judgment. And so... Before we even get into the book of Micah, we know just because of what was going on politically among the leaders of the nation, we know that the nation went from a time of great security and prosperity and peace. We know that it went from that to kind of crisis after crisis in the nation. Things started unraveling, especially once you got Ahaz in there. And so this is what's happening in the nation. And we also know from elsewhere, Second Kings, for example, it wasn't just the leaders. The people were becoming more idolatrous, more immoral. And so Micah was ministering in a nation that was in decline. And heading for judgment. And look at verse one again. Micah tells us the word of the Lord he received was concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom. Jerusalem was the capital of the southern kingdom. Verse 2 begins the message now, and it begins with the word hear. The word hear is the Hebrew word shema. And it means to hear and obey. Or to hear and respond to what you hear. So it's more than just hearing. It's like, okay, I heard that. 
But what you hear should cause a response. It should cause you to take action. God is telling the nation these things so that they can do something about it. In the New Testament, we're told to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, not hearers only. The reason we read the Bible every day and spend time in the word and we go through the word on Sundays and Thursdays and we go through the word in different men's studies, home groups, women's studies, is we want to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We don't want to just memorize scripture. We want to hide it in our heart that I might not sin against you. So I know how to act. So I know how to behave. So I know what I should do. It's hearing to obey. Hear all you peoples. Listen on O earth and all that is in it. Let the Lord God be a witness against you. The Lord from his holy temple in heaven. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place. And he will come down. And he will tread on the high places of the earth. The mountains will melt under him. And the valleys will split like wax before the fire. Like water poured down a steep place. Notice going back up to verse 2, this message is for all the earth. It's for all people. The nations are called to hear. God's judgment of Judah and Israel is a warning to all the nations. He says it's a witness against them. If God will judge his own chosen people for their sin, the nations of the earth need to take heed. God is putting non-believers on notice here. I don't give my own people a pass when it comes to sin. First Peter chapter four, verse 17 says judgment begins at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? If God's going to hold us accountable and judge us. What will be the end of those who are non-believers who do not obey the gospel of God, And he's putting all the nations of the world on notice here because there will be a time known as the tribulation when God, just as it says here, when God will come down out of his place in heaven and he will intervene in human history and he will pour out his wrath on this wicked world. And that's what that's described in detail in Revelation chapters six to 19. There's going to be a point. When the lamb gets up from his throne and takes the scroll and starts opening the seals on the scroll. And starts pouring out his judgment upon this Christ rejecting wicked world. And again, just as we saw in Revelation five, the church is in heaven before that happens. But there will be a point. And just as he says here during that time that is called the tribulation period, it's a seven year period. When God is pouring out his wrath upon the earth and his judgment upon the earth. Look what it says. God will tread on the high places of the earth. The things that mankind has elevated. The things that mankind has elevated in place of God. He's going to tread all over them. Look at verse four. The mountains will melt under him and the valleys will split. Like wax before the fire, like waters poured down a steep place. Who will be able to stand against God's judgments if the mountains melt under his feet? I mean, they melt like wax. What chance does a non-believer have? The mountains can't stand up to him. His judgment will be poured out, it says. It'll be poured like a waterfall. Once it starts, there's no stopping it. He asked me how I know. 
Thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan has been opening up the book of Micah to us in this series. This book reminds us that God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you have questions about today's message, or if we can pray for you, please take a moment to get in contact with us. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We would love to see you in person if you're in the area. We meet Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 and 12.30 p.m., as well as on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Check out our website for more information, calvaryec.com. Or you can ask for more information when you call. Once again, that number is 410 410- Four nine one four five nine two. If you've been enjoying these studies from Ring of Truth, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You'll be notified each time we post a new edition of the show. You can also listen to more messages on our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's more to discover in this study of the book of Micah So we encourage you to continue reading. Pastor Dan will be opening God's Word again next time you join us, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and will I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.